Welcome to the 2020-20 Mastery Mission, The Stories. In this part two recording, we welcome back our guests to share war stories and bake in the concepts covered in their mastery session. Concepts are great, but everyone loves a story, exclusive to hunters and unicorns. The 2020-20 Mastery Mission is sponsored by SOAP, the global recruitment partner for the Playbook community. Welcome back to another session of Hunters and Unicorns 2020-20 Mastery Mission. In this second recording, we welcome back Mike Musselman to build on his previous podcast session with us, where he gives us an insight into a specific story, a specific scenario, where he's able to apply some of the concepts that uh, he's shared with us earlier in, in the previous recording. So over, over to you, Mike, if you could just set the scene and, and, and uh, share the scenario and uh, take it from there. Uh, how do you align your business and your go-to-market with maybe some of the cloud service providers? And one of the reasons why you might consider that is they have massive customer bases and you probably have a much smaller customer base. So there's a certain level of gravity that you might be able to obtain by working with them. But it's also important to understand, and I mentioned kind of where you start, where you might go next. Uh, and I think this specific topic, if I dive down a little bit deeper and say the marketplace, because that's an easy place to start and there's financial rewards for you, you might be able to access revenue or tap into a budget that you didn't have access to before, but there's also rewards and benefits for the cloud service provider and the end customer for transacting this way. And so once you understand what those things are, like how do you actually do it at your own company? And I think that's the topic that I wanted to start with and dig a little bit deeper. Great, so so Mike, could you provide us with a specific scenario? If you could take us through the journey, start to, you know, cradle to grave in terms of you know an approach an approach a specific customer you don't obviously need to to give us names sure. but if you could kind of give us a, a specific case where you know you, you 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 made this approach what were the challenges they were facing what was the scenario how were you able to leverage this ecosystem and and, and just kind of set the scene for us if, if if you could yeah so early on in our journey i'll give you a good example customer comes to you and says this is how I want to buy your solution. And you say no, and it's possible you actually lose that opportunity. And I think that lost opportunity and lost revenue is something that we, you know, it didn't happen very often. I think if you have a compelling solution, it solves the customer problem. Like usually the money and the details work out. But I saw that as a huge missed opportunity. And maybe the canary in the coal mine scenario where if that happened just once, it's probably going to happen again. We should probably figure that out. So I think that was kind of the, the very beginning. Um, I was new. The company was still small, maybe 15 sellers in the U.S. But you imagine if this thing takes off and you become successful and you have hundreds of sellers globally, like we would just want to be able to say yes. So I think it starts with just Earlier, I talked about, is this something that makes sense for your business? Talk to your customers, talk to your prospects. So that's really where it starts. And the sellers were the, you know, they're the tip of the spear. So they're the first one to kind of tell me, hey, how do we turn a no into a yes? What do we have to do? And then I have to go figure that out, right? And so kind of the series of steps that I would, I would, I would you know, kind of detail here is 
the marketplaces are touching revenue, right? So I think it's important that you're engaged with your finance team, engaged with your operations team. Um, certainly the way that you transact deals today, that's going to change a little bit too. So what we did was I didn't really try to change the way our sellers sale, the way we quote. I just changed the last mile, which was really how the deals get fulfilled. Yeah. Yeah. So Mike, can you uh, take us through a specific scenario where um, this particular play has had a benefit, whereas any other way may not have had the same outcome? Yeah, I can. I yeah, I can. Actually, I have one top of mind. So there's a particular opportunity. I won't say the name of the customer, the sales rep, or any of the details. But um, for all intents and purposes, for any of you individual contributors you know, the deal was essentially stalled or dead. Uh, it so turned out, we didn't really know why the buyer wasn't really engaged with us. But what I asked the seller to do, the seller kind of came to me and said, hey, is there maybe a tactic we could use or something? In this particular example, um, I, with the seller, we asked the prospect, hey, would this change or would this help if you were able to buy lacework through, let's say, the AWS marketplace? That's where most of their infrastructure was. Um, immediately, the prospect kind of reengaged and said, oh, I didn't realize that I could do that. And so it really unstuck the opportunity from where it was, which was just kind of out in the ether, disengaged to we're talking again. We still, you know, call this kind of the middle of our sales process. So we still had to go like a couple more demos, maybe a workshop. We did a trial or proof of concept or proof of validation, whatever you call it, right? To make sure that the problem that they had was a solution that we had. The good news is we were able to get to the point where they gave us the technical win. They believed that we absolutely can solve the problem that we had. And now we're talking about money and fulfillment. Because we had already teed up the fact that we could sell this particular deal through the Amazon Web Services Marketplace, we were negotiating. Two things happened in the deal. Number one, the deal got bigger. And number two, we actually closed the deal. And this particular deal comes to mind because usually you're sending someone a link and they're accepting kind of the transaction. This particular one stands out to me because it was me, the seller, and the customer, our executive buyer, all on a Zoom. And I actually got to watch him click the button and accept his private offer from Lacework. And I don't always get to do that. So this one specifically, and I specifically recall on the situation, he said, this is great. You guys have exactly the solution that I needed. And also, I didn't have security budget to buy this. But because I was able to procure this through the marketplace, it fit into my larger cloud budget. And because of that, we closed the deal. And so that's a specific example. It's rare, right? They don't all work this way. Not every business kind of puts marketplace and cloud spend different than their security budget. Like you might not always get these variables, but I specifically recall this deal happened because of this channel, this fulfillment mechanism that we created. It unlocked a stalled deal and we closed it and it was bigger 
than if we had gone the direct path because we had access to a different budget than we had before. That's a, that's a, I mean, it's a great story. And it's a, I suppose it's quite a unique story. I suppose in terms of the, the way that you're selling um, at the moment, how are you finding, you know, could, could you perhaps give us, I don't know if there are any other examples that you could provide where, you know, there's, there's a particular kind of co-selling opportunity because I think the co-selling opportunities are the ones that you're most commonly like to, to find in terms of how you are able to perhaps partner up. And without that partnership, you might not have been able to achieve the outcomes that you have or perhaps they weren't able to achieve the outcomes they wanted to and they were able to bring you in. So, so perhaps you can give us an example of that. I have another great example. So this one reminds me of a pretty large video gaming company in the States. Uh, they, they're big company, well-funded, multi-billion dollar company. Uh, they obviously had challenges that Lacework builds a good cloud solution, you know, cloud security solution for. Uh, during this engagement, we're obviously, you know, doing our thing, selling, you know, we get to a point um, right at the end. And in this case, because we we're selling security, I think we were at the top of the, the CISO, right? The, the chief information security officer. Um, but what we do too kind of also helps the engineering side of the business. And so the CTO obviously had slightly different agenda, right? Had a, you know, had a, had a disagreement, let's say. And so I would say not at the 12th hour, let's say this is 11.59 p.m. before the next day in our deal. Now, you guys know the language. These are committed deals. We've done proof of concept, so it's very visible. These are not the kind of deals that you want to slip or that you want to lose. But at the 12th hour, the CTO kind of comes into the conversation at the executive team and says, well, hey, we already use this other vendor, and I'll leave them out of it, but they're not in like traditional security, but they're in like application performance management, and they do a little bit of security. It's a little bit new. And they say, hey, we already own this technology. Why can't we just use that? Second, they also said, we're really, you know, a strategic partner with Amazon Web Services, and Amazon has security services that are similar than Lacework. Why wouldn't we just use that? Now, What's happening underneath the framework here is that our sales team and our sales leadership team is connected and already talking to the Amazon Web Services sales team. We'd already registered the deal. We'd already talked about the opportunity. Second, we know the sales leadership team that Amazon. So he's aware we're in this opportunity. Here's what's happening. And we understand the motivators. So I'll keep all the names and the details out of this, you know, protect everyone. But we got to a point where the customer wasn't necessarily going to buy this through the marketplace or not. I don't think it was a deciding factor, but the Amazon Web Services sales rep obviously was like, well, if this transacts through the marketplace, then that's good for me. And because it's good for me, maybe the tactic that we say is, you know, here's how we'll approach it. So in this particular deal, I vividly remember that the Amazon Web Services seller communicated back to the customer, you know, you decide if Lacework or this other APM is better fit for your problem, but we would encourage you to go with Lacework and not consider our own security services. 
So they basically bowed out their own security services in this deal, kind of put us forward, and then just kind of allowed the CISO and the CTO and their natural tool selection decide what was the better solution to solve the particular problem that we had. And that's the power of those relationships. And in this particular deal, we ended up closing it. It was, you know, it was pretty great. And they've been a customer for a couple of years. They've ended up buying more, like a good relationship. And they're a big, big accelerating video game company. Obviously, COVID and other things kind of accelerated their business. And we've been able to be on that journey with them and help, you know, protect, you know, them, their customer base, their branding relationships from, you know, any potential security threats. Incredible. Could you just explain to me, and I think the viewers, just so we know, exactly why is it that AWS decided to walk away from the security part and choose you instead? Yeah. So the natural gravity, like Amazon is a good example, has, you know, a couple hundred services, but at the core of their services, it's driving compute. It's driving application development. It's driving storage. Like that's the core of infrastructure in the cloud. And that's what they're, you know, change the world with, right? Do I go buy a server and run my application in my own data center, co-located center to center, or am I building it in the cloud, right? And then a lot of those other services help you modernize your architecture, build in maybe a microservices architecture, whatever. So long story short, that's the real goal is how do I make your development, your spend on AWS the stickiest? Now, when I, I haven't detailed it and I'll be cautious about that, but there's benefits for the customer. So a lot of times think of the cloud service providers as a little bit of a utility, like maybe your lights, you know, and your, your power and water at your, at your home is there's a price that you pay for running your electricity, turning on the light bulb and having it run so many hours a day. And so that's the model that the cloud service providers is almost selling back that compute and that storage and all of that stuff to their consumers. But you're basically paying like a, list price. You're paying like whatever the metered rate is. So over time, what's happened is if you commit to spending more money with the cloud service providers, they obviously give you value or, or discount in return. And so it's a committed spend, just like any software company, an enterprise license agreement, like this is not new to technology, but this is just the mechanism and some of the things that the cloud service provider has. So if a customer buys Lacework through the marketplace. So it's not a tier one cloud service provider service. It's a different service, but through that transaction method, the customer gets to count discount. They get to reduce their committed spend to AWS by a percentage, right? So it's not dollar for dollar, but it still benefits the cloud service provider. They got to see the pipeline, they got to attach the revenue and there's a listing fee, but they also, you know, there's rewards there. Also on the sales team side, um, you know, it's no mystery, but the sales teams also, you know, there's a financial reward in it for them as well. So that's why, that's just kind of the, where the money goes. The truth is all of the cloud service providers are customer obsessed. And what that really means is they want their customer to be successful, building great technology, 
you know, earning more customers, solving some global financial, some real challenge. And because of that commitment to the customer, if Lacework is a better or a better fit or solves a problem different than even their own services, they're always going to take the side of the customer and they're going to encourage that behavior, right? So most of the time, you know, they're going to sell their own stuff. I think any sales organization does that. They're committed to their own revenue. But if the customer wants that, if that's the better solution for them, they really, really do what's right for the customer. And I think that, that you know, that's something that I can't change. That's the gravity in my solar system example. This is just their belief system. And it's been from the beginning. And Google and Microsoft do the exact same thing. And because of that, they're able to kind of create and foster these ecosystems of ISVs all around them, like the other planets and satellites. And you can find a balance and a happy medium. So that's really the kind of the bigger drivers that are at play here. But that's why, you know, without spilling all the details, this is pretty public information. Uh, and it's part of these partner programs, but it's why a customer who's got a committed spend and why a seller, because of the, you know, helping the customer, they might, might encourage that behavior. I know I might go off slightly off topic here. Um, or not off topic really, but off topic to, to the actual specific scenario. But in, where do you think this is going to go, Mike? You know, do we see that the marketplace holding a big portion of this market and being a big part of, and how big do you think it can get? Great question. It's, it's already a multi-billion dollar industry or, you know, mechanism. Uh, if you think of the traditional channel and distribution channels, this kind of changes that behavior quite a bit. Also, because they usually own a lot of where infrastructure is moving or being built on and these kind of committed spends and stuff, there's a lot of power into this. And so I will tell you, there's more ISVs like us that are getting on the marketplaces than ever before in the last three or four years. Uh, there's certainly more buyers that come to us and ask us about procuring our solution through the marketplace than I heard two years ago. Um, the programs are more mature, so they're a little bit less um, undefined and still figuring out, but they're very balanced and well-defined programs that you as an ISV can work with into these programs and to kind of understand and attach to this. Also, I'm seeing more gravity around other solution companies that are helping your company get on the marketplace and participate, right? Because you, at the end of the day, you have to build this or you have to buy something to kind of attach your technology to the technology of the cloud service provider marketplace. And so you have to consider kind of the engineering level of effort to achieve these things as well. But what the real thing that I think you're hinting at as I'm starting to hear from venture capitalists, I'm starting to see other big software companies that have never sold this way or might be kind of competitive, you would think, or competitive with Amazon or Google kind of adding this. And what that signals to me is if you're a small company, how do I speed up my transactions? 
right? How do I get to money faster? How do I simplify the paper process? We use MedPIC, piece for paper, right? How do you simplify that procurement fulfillment process? In fact, you know, you could have your listing set up that someone comes there, clicks a button, has a free trial and automatically deploys that software and they're done or automatically clicks a button, pays for it, and they're using your software. So it can change your marketing strategy, customer acquisition strategy. Um, and I'm starting to see in here, a lot of the bigger venture capitalists encourage this behavior or ask their investments, hey, have you considered this? What are you thinking about that? And I think that that's where this is gonna go. It's just, you know, it's an ecosystem play. Also, I'm talking about Amazon AWS. What's Amazon's core business? What do they do as an e-commerce platform? Think of the fulfillment, the ecosystem. So this is a natural conversation for them. They're taking maybe what .com's been doing for a long time and they're applying it to AWS and the, this kind of behavior. So it, you, know, you can kind of start connecting the dots and, and answer that question as well. You just see kind of what's happening in the evolution. Yeah, fantastic. So, so um, Mike, I, I think it's been an absolutely fascinating, fascinating session. And, uh, you know, thank you so much for sharing your stories. I, I'm sure it's going to really help many of our viewers and our listeners to really bake in um, a lot of the concepts. It's a, it's, a, it's a very exciting, it's a very hot space. Um, I'm sure lots of people are intrigued if they're not already plugged into this space. So um, thank you so much for sharing your, your, your insights and uh, for bringing so much value. You're welcome. And I don't think anyone else has ever done this before, but you know, your day job is you guys consult. And I want to <laughs> personally thank you both. As my team has grown, you and your business and your services has helped me find top candidates to accelerate my business, right? And I want to thank you guys as well. So not only am I happy to share this and you know work with you guys on the professional side, but you guys are a fantastic recruiting company. I encourage any of your listeners to engage you on that side of your business as well. Well, that's very, very kind of you. And um, the, um, the, the the check is on its way. So thank you so much. <laughs> hey, what are you I got headcount. You guys got some work to do. <laughs> we have. Um, but, but again, to all our listeners, I think, you know, this, we are setting this up. If you're listening this to this through YouTube, iTunes, Spotify, wherever it is, um, we do really urge you to share your stories, ask questions. The idea of this is to be thought leadership for you guys and to, to, to really start sharing your wisdom, asking questions and, and really allowing this as an opportunity to get really interactive amongst each other. Have you enjoyed the session today? Please help others discover our series by sharing and liking our content. Are you on the mission? Click subscribe so you don't miss out. The 202020 Mastery Mission, The Stories, are brought to you by SOAP, the global recruitment partner for the Playbook community. Check out so muchsoap.com for more information.